Amen, amen. Life's all good in the, the hood, as they say. Hey, uh, let's let's pray tonight. Uh, let's pray for a couple things uh, before we get started. I'd like to pray for one specifically uh, before we get going. Uh, there is a uh, there's a a thing that um, I, I'm I'm not sure how. Obviously, uh, it sometimes brand new brand new ministries and mission fields and stuff like that are kind of hard to uh, to navigate through. But Brett uh, Brett Bartlett has has had a door open in, in uh, Hungary for some time. I've uh, been going to Mildred, ministering in a children's home here in Hungary. And uh, man, for, for years, I actually been doing that. And uh, so they, they go every year at Christmas. They go uh, they go a couple times, put on some VBSs. And, and God has blessed that ministry immensely uh, there in Hungary. And through that whole thing, um, another door has opened for them to continue uh, almost the same exact format of training pastors in Africa. They're, they have... They have kind of opened that up, and they're going to be able to do that in Hungary now. It, well, it, Lord willing, it, that's what everything's looking like. So Jeff uh, Bartell and and uh, Brett and then Troy Stodsville, they're all going to be going uh, in March for uh, – it's it's almost like a, uh, kind of a trying to fill out Every piece of the landscape. They've uh, Brett's already been doing a lot of the legwork, um, but they're going to to try to work out a few more pieces to the puzzle, and then starting in, they're going to do. I think pretty much is is about like what Brother Mark did. It's going to be February, June, and October. There's going to be three uh, three trips a year, and uh, like I said, they're going to train pastors in Hungary. Uh, believe it or not, there there's not a whole lot of real like biblical training in those areas. Now they're going to be out in the villages and stuff like that. So, um, but I would like to pray for them tonight. Uh, they they go on that trip in March and um, and they're just trying to um, they're, they're trying to I don't I, those of you that know Brett if if you're not careful. Um, they get, you got to have somebody, Brett's got all the passion in the world and he's got that, that thinker that just works overtime. Um, but, but, uh, bringing Troy and, and Jeff into the mix to try to bring, uh, some cohesiveness to this thing and make it work, uh, it, as fluid as they can. So we just want to pray for them and ask the Lord, uh, obviously, um, we'll probably be involved in that at some point. I'm, I'm not sure when or how or what that's going to look like, but I, I know they have already asked uh, me and, and Code and Justin to be a part of that. So uh, wherever that goes in our for our church, is we'll just we'll try to jump on board and help out. But but I would like to pray for them tonight and just ask the Lord to bless them. Uh, we've got this Sunday coming up uh, is church anniversary, and um, and Justin's going to be here with us, and I'm really looking forward to that. I can't wait. We ain't had him back in some time, so. Uh, so since, since he's been pastoring anyway, so we want to want to ask God to bless it and um, and just use that time, man. Just you, you know, we're God's done a lot of really good things here, and I don't want ever want to I don't ever want to negate that or shortchange it um, because there's been some real miraculous things take place. So 
Uh, let's just pray. Let's ask the Lord to bless those two things. And, and um, I told him we'd pray for him for hungry. And so I don't want to not do that. But let's, let's pray and uh, let's ask the Lord to bless it in, uh, tonight. All right. Lord, we, we love you. And Lord, we're thankful. Uh, we're extremely thankful for our brothers that have, uh, that have been given a burden. And at the same time, have been given an open door uh, to go into hungry and minister. And uh, whatever that looks like for us as a church body to be able to encourage and, and Lord, be able to edify and be a part of that ministry. God, I pray that you help us to do that is, is we just, we, we want to do whatever you called us to do. And so, God, I, I pray that you help us see that. I pray, God, that you help us to work through that in our lives. And, and, uh, and God, that, you know, Lord, we would count the cost as a church and what that means for us. Uh, God, I, I pray if it, if it's just prayer, Lord, I, I pray, God, that it, it's not just prayer, but, Lord, we're lifting up our brothers and sisters, and we're getting serious about it. And, uh, God, we're getting desperate before you to work on their behalf. So, Lord, I, I pray, uh, God, that you you move in their life, and, God, you work through this thing and, and make this thing as easy to deal with as you possibly can uh, for them as they go forward and, and they're trying to, work through all the ins and outs of ministry. God, I pray that you bless Jeff and Troy uh, and Jeff, uh, and Brett, and you help them uh, to gain the wisdom that they need to walk through these doors like they need to walk through them. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you for the good weekend you give me up there with them guys, and Lord, you blessed it. And uh, God, I pray that you bless tonight. I pray, God, that you use it. I pray, God, that you bless this coming Sunday. Lord, that you use us, and, and God, that you use this place for your honor and your glory. As, as Lord, we look back over uh, the last nine years, and God, we see all that you've done, and God, all the things that you want to do coming up in the future, and Lord, how you're going to use this place and use this ministry to glorify you. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray you help us tonight. Amen. All right. All right, go, go to First Peter uh, chapter number 5. 1 Peter chapter number five. Um, we're 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 gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna use um, we're gonna use Second Corinthians thirteen as kind of a springboard, uh, but but uh, to get us to where we're going. But then we're gonna be in First Peter uh, chapter number five. We're gonna talk about tonight. We're gonna talk about humility and leadership. Humility and leadership, and I'll, I'll give you I'll give you my heart about leadership in general here in just a few minutes. Um, but I, I will say that I, um, being raised in a volatile kind of uh, atmosphere of of leadership, and when I say volatile, I mean it can be volatile on both ends. Um, it can be volatile volatile as far as deceiving people in terms of your leadership. Um, I've been a part of, of ministries that have deceived people in, in leadership, um, and they got what they wanted because they deceived people, and then I, I have been a part of, of leadership um, that has been volatile in, in the case of just a, a domineering, overbearing, you know, guy that, that you know, you just... You couldn't deal with it all. So, so I've been on both sides. And being raised in that, if you're not careful, you'll just pick up on it. And you'll pick up with that. And you'll just go on about your business and think that's how leadership is supposed to be. But when you define 
when you define leadership biblically, you don't see those kinds of things. Well, what do you see in leadership biblically? You see humility. Um, in reality, you know, guys, we're, leadership was was about people that were following you. Does that make sense? Like leadership is about people that's following you. And before I get ahead of myself, I want to I make sure that I, I contextualize what I'm trying to say. Second, Second Corinthians, I, I think it's on the screen, 13 and verse number 10. I want you to look at the verses, and uh, and, and we'll we'll walk through some of this and make sure that we all get it. First, Second uh, Corinthians thirteen verse ten. Therefore, I write these things, being absent. So this is the Apostle Paul writing the Corinthian church, lest being present I should use sharpness. So uh, Paul is writing some things, and and you got to remember who we're talking about. We're talking about this Corinthian church that, uh, man. They really got some jacked up things going on. So, so Paul says, therefore, I'm writing these, uh, therefore I write these things being absent, lest being present with you, I, uh, should I, should, uh, I should use sharpness uh, according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification. Okay? To edification. Paul's demeanor, make sure you get this, Paul's leadership, he understood that he had been given a power from the Lord that, was, that, that he was supposed to use for edification, not what? It's on, it's on the screen. Everybody say it. Destruction. For edification and not destruction. Everybody understand that those are two opposite ends of the coin, right? Two opposite ends. Edification is over here. And, and what, what we edifice, edification, it means building. Right? Well, what what is what what does destruction mean? What is it? To tear it down. So so we've got a process of building and we've got a process of what? Tearing down. All right. So so Paul's saying, all right, so the Lord has given now now make sure you get this. This is a really big deal. So the Lord has given me this power. And, and, and according to the power which the Lord hath given me to, to, to edification and not to destruction. So I'm not, here to, I'm not here to tear down, I'm here to build up, right? Okay? All right, why, why is that such a big deal? Even in the Corinthian church, with the, the church members as wicked as they was at Corinth. Remember, this was the carnal church. He said, I, I, I can't even speak unto you as spiritual. I've got to speak unto you as babes, as unto carnal. And I cannot talk to you as, as I want to talk to you. Why? Well, because you're wicked. You're carnal. You're a baby. You don't understand even the, the most minor details. You can't even get the small stuff. That's what he's saying. But even then, I, 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 you, you got, you, you're so jacked up, I, I you know, my... My, my, my prerogative is not to speak to you and to tear you down. Why? Because they didn't need to be tore down. They were, they, were, they were already babes, right? What did they need? They needed to be edified. They needed to be built. So, see, you, so in this whole process, our leadership, our leadership approach either builds people up or it beats them down. Now, now God gave this to the church and and, and whatever approach we use is what approach is, is how, what results we'll get. Now, I want to say this. Don't confuse the results 
with numbers. Don't confuse results with numbers. Because there's a whole, you, if you're not careful, you'll, you'll, you'll quantify numbers and masses of people with certain churches at, at, at being better at edifying and then the, the, the numbers, quanti quantifying numbers in other churches at, well, they must be a church that tears people down. You hear what I'm saying when I say that? Like that, that's a big deal. Why? Well, because there, there, is, there is a mainstream of people that, that think that, well, they're better at this because they have more people. Maybe they're just, maybe they're just better at gathering more people. Gathering more people in a, in a building ain't got nothing to do with being better at edifying people. Amen? Does, does that make sense for real? I mean, that, that, you, you got to get that. Well, 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 what is it then? You can be alluring and not edifying. What's the Bible say? You can be ear tickling and still not be edifying. You can preach what people want to hear, and that's not edifying. That's actually destroying, but but it's a it's a, it's a silent destroying. It's a, it's a destroying that looks like oh they're 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 being they're being nice people. They're not like that dude down the road. Well, we're we're going to get to that here in a minute. So 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 God gave gave us this to gave us this to the church. Um, and, he, and he gave this mindset to the church. He gave this power to the church. And, and whatever approach we take is, is what results we'll get in the whole thing. Uh, so, so I, I want to look. Uh, let's just jump into 1 Peter 5 and verse 1. 1 Peter 5 and verse number 1. Uh, the elders which are among you, I exhort, whom, uh, who am also an elder... Um, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Now, now this is Peter writing, obviously, 1 Peter. Peter is the writer of 1 Peter. And now he, he is addressing the crowd that he's writing to, the elders which are among you, I exhort. So he's not talking about, uh, he's not talking about like, like older people, he's talking about elders in terms of the office. He's probably talking to pastors, and he says, "Who am also a pastor? Who am also an elder?" So he's 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 really telling who he is, and that he's a pastor, and that he's addressing other pastors. And then he gives his credentials, and he says, "Who am a wit who, who and a witness of the sufferings of Christ." And also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. So he's given all these credentials. He's like, hey, here's what you need to understand. You know, now, now one, one thing that's quite interesting about Peter is he hasn't always, always been a, a person, um, you know, that would, that would, remember he was in the garden? And he was in, he, or he was in that, he was in that, that, that hall and everybody was saying, hey man, you were with Jesus, you were with Jesus. You remember what happens? He does it three times. They say well, you were with Jesus and three times he denies Jesus. And, and, and he hadn't always been so bold with his witness of Christ's sufferings. Right? There was one time he was, he was he's denied the Lord. And, and, and so now he's boldly admitting that he was a witness of Christ's sufferings. 
and also partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. So we know that one day that glory is going to be revealed. And, and Peter's like, man, I'm, I'm going to get to be partake in the glory that shall be revealed one day. So, so he's, he's using this verse 1 to really lay out a, a foundation of, of where we're going. But I want you to make sure that you understand, me and you get this. That while not all the Bible is written for me, it's all written what? was to me. While the Bible's not written for me, all of it ain't written for me. It's, I mean, to me, it's written for me. Why? Because all Scripture, all Scripture is profitable, right? For doctrine, uh, for, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. So all the Scripture that we've been given is profitable for us. While it might not be written to us, it is most definitely written for us. And I want you to, I want you to do the same in 1 Peter chapter 5. I want you to go in this thing with a mindset that uh, tonight, that I want, I want you to go into the mindset that I understand who this is written to and, and, and you take it from your pastor. I'm, I'm not something super special. What am I? I I'm, I'm supposed to be an example. An example for what? An example for the body of Christ. So, so if, if that is the case, then, then if you're supposed to take from something from me as an example, then guess what? Then you can apply these principles to your own life. Does that, does that make sense? You, through, through the whole dynamic of how this thing works and how God said it, you can apply these principles to your life personally. Now, that, that, that's a really big deal because there's going to be some stuff in here uh, that you may say, uh, you know, that's to, the, that's to all these preachers, that's to all these pastors. Well, that, that's, that's simply not true. It's just not true. Why? Well, because there are principles that you and me can take and we can go down the road with them and we can really make a difference in somebody else's life. So while it is to the pastors, it is to leaders. You say, oh, well, I'm not a leader. Well, here, here's... Here's how you know if you're a leader. Do you have anybody following you? Does anybody in the room have anybody following them? You're a leader if you have somebody following you. Do, do you, that, you know, parents, do you have kids? All right. Well, guess, guess what? They're following you. Well, you're a leader. Friends, people in the room that have friends, guess what? You're, you're a leader. People are following you. You're a leader. There's others of you that lead in ministries in this church, and you're a leader. There is dads in here, and, and you're a leader. There's fathers in here, and you're a leader. There's friends in here that are spiritual leaders to people. And what do you, what do you need to take from that? Any person who has somebody following them needs to take these principles for themselves. They don't need to say, hey, man, that ain't for me. That's for... Uh, that's for them. That's for all them pastors. That's for all them people that, that you know that they're they're supposed to do that. But in actuality, um, God wants to change our hearts through this thing as leaders in general, with, with people that are following them. So First Peter uh, chapter five and verse two. Let's let's look at that verse. Feed the flock of God which is among you. Taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Now, this first little phrase, feed the flock of God, 
Uh, The phrase has has kind of been used in Peter's life before. Now, some of you remember, some of you may not remember. Let me refresh your memory. Uh, This phrase has been used used in Peter's life before. In John chapter 21, Peter, after he denied the Lord, he has decided that because of his denial and because of the overwhelming amount of guilt and the fact that, that Jesus is no longer in his life physically anymore and he doesn't have the physical, tangible Jesus to follow anymore, he says, I go fishing. And he's going back to doing what he formerly did, doing what he did, he did in his previous life prior to the three and a half years that he's followed the Lord. He's going back and do, to do that. He, he's like, man, I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to do what I did before. I'm going to do what I did before I became a disciple of Christ. I'm going to go back and do what I did before I became a fisher of men. Now, how crazy is that, right? I thought you you remember, I, Lord, Peter, you know, you dropped everything and followed the Lord. Now you're just going to go, you're going to drop everything again, go back to what you was doing before. So what happens in John 21 is the Lord, the Lord shows up in Peter's life, big. He shows up in Peter's life, and uh, John 21 and verse 15, he says, So when they had done, uh, Jesus saith unto, uh, saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, Son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And this is the first time he asked him. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. And he saith unto him a third time. And why, why, does, why does John keep referencing the times that this is happening? Well, because the Lord referenced the time that he would deny him. Thou shalt deny me thrice. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved. Now, now Peter should have been grieved. Peter should have been grieved because he should have been brought to the place to where he understood that God was most definitely that Jesus Christ in the flesh was questioning his love for him. Why, 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 sh- why should he have been grieved? Well, it should, de- it should grieve every disciple in this room over the thought that Jesus Christ can, will, can, should, and at most definitely, and, and at times will question your love. You realize that? It should, be no, it should be no small thing. We should be grieved. And he will. And he can. And he should at times be able to question our love for him. Realize that? If, if he can do it for one of the twelve, why couldn't he do it for us? Why couldn't he sneak up on us in an early morning sitting with a Bible open and, 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 and our coffee sitting beside us and and the still small voice that lives with inside of us. Ask us, do, do you love me? We ought to welcome that. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't want Jesus questioning me. You ought to welcome that kind of conviction. You ought to welcome it. Why? Well, at least he loves you enough to ask. 
At least he thought enough of you to wonder where you stood with him. And he says a third time, Simon, son of John, lovest thou me? Peter's grieved because he said unto him the third time. Irony at its best. Peter's mad. Peter's upset. Peter's crying. Peter's, I don't know what Peter's doing, but at this time it's obvious that Peter's grieved. And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, and thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. You see, this is a turning point in Peter's life. This is a point in Peter's life where things change. It, it, it Now, it seems as though now the Peter that we once knew that couldn't keep his mouth shut, that always had something to say, that, that Lord, I'm, I'm going to go to the death with you, has now changed positions. Why? Well, because Peter ain't no longer on the talking end. Peter is on the questioning side of things. Peter's now be, or the questioned. <laughs> now, Peter before was pledging his allegiance, Lord, you know I love you. Lord, you know I'm going to go all the way to the death with you. But now the Lord's sitting on the other side of the table. And he's like, Peter, do you, do you really? And you know, that's a good question. It's a good question for the Lord to ask. And it's a good question for us to answer. Why is that a good question for us to answer? Because the answer lies within what Peter was willing to do to declare his love for Jesus. Now, don't let me freak you out there. Because Jesus, Jesus loves you regardless. Somebody ought to say amen right there. Do you, do you get that? That Jesus Christ loves you regardless? Jesus loves you whether you feed his sheep or not. But you ready for this one? Peter had to prove his love for Jesus through feeding his sheep. God didn't, Jesus didn't know whether Peter loved him outside of his willingness to feed sheep. This is where Peter's heart changes. You see, God is now, is now trying to get him to see that love has to do, the love that he said he had for Jesus Christ, it is directly tied to his willingness, not, not his ability. Because I know there's plenty of people that have ability that just don't have willingness. There's plenty of people that have the ability to, to, to rightly divide Scripture, uh, they have the ability to teach this book. They have the ability to feed the flock of God. They have the ability to feed lambs, to feed uh, lambs that will grow up in, into sheep and to feed those sheep. They have the ability. They just don't have the willingness. And what Jesus wanted to see was 
Do you have the the willingness to feed my sheep? Peter, you got the ability. And I know you I know you got the ability. I I mean I I, I know that. Do you have the willingness? And so what he does is he, 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 this is where Peter starts changing. This is where Peter's mindset starts changing. And, and this is how Peter come to first, uh, to, to first Peter chapter 5 and verse number 2 to, to commanding the elders to feed the flock of God because Peter went back to that bank. Peter went back to that shore. Where, where the water would gently ripple up on that shore that night, and there was a fire there, and there's food being cooked over that fire, and Peter is standing there in front of the Lord and probably remembering in his old age what it was like to look into the eyes of Christ and hear him say, feed my lambs. This is what he's saying as an elder, as, a, as an older man and, and about to pass on. He, he's trying to pass this on to us that, that love, that this same love that, that God, that Jesus Christ was questioning in the heart of Peter needs to be questioned in our heart. Are those around us being fed by us the words of God? Are those around us that are following us that, that, that if we trip are going to fall over us? Are they, are they being fed the words of God? Well, that ain't my job, man. That's not what I'm supposed to. But, but you, let, me, let me help you here. Nobody's asking for your job if it's your job or not. I'm, a, I'm asking, are you willing to do it? Because willingness had a whole lot to do with love and the heart of Simon Peter. Obviously, first number three, he says, neither uh, be, as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples of the flock, and, and the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. There's two things I, I want you to see. Number one, I, I want you to see there's a call to feed the sheep. That this humility in leadership can be boiled down really easy. Like, like at the very base principle. Leadership 101, feed the sheep. That's pretty simple, right? Well, everything in this Bible is actually simple. It's us that makes everything really complicated. Feed the sheep. What, what do you mean feed the sheep? Well, feed the flock that's among you. Feed the flock of God that's among you. So I'm supposed to be feeding the flock of God that's among me. Well, you're among me tonight, Sunday morning. There'll be some more among me on Sunday morning. There'll be, yeah, so that's what, that's what we're going to do. You know what? I'm going to go home with my flock too. Tonight, I'm going to go home with my flock. And guess what God's called me to do? Feed his lambs. To feed his sheep. So, so, so there, there's an observation that I made out of this whole thing. And it's a hard one. It's a hard one to accept. It, it's a hard one to hear, but it's a hard one to, to accept, I, I would say. Uh, and, and this is worth writing down if you're taking notes. A spiritual leader who does not feed those they lead does not love the Lord, nor those they're leading. A spiritual leader who does not feed those they, they lead does not love the Lord or those they lead. 
Why is that such a big deal? Well, because it's just, it's almost irrefutable, man. It's an observation that, I've, I've, that I think God's made clear from his word that the, the, a spiritual leader that, that won't feed those that they lead, they don't really love them. And they don't really love the Lord. Well, how do you know that? Well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you another Bible principle uh, from John chapter 10 and verse number 11, 12, or 11, 12, and 13. All right, ver, uh, John 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. Uh, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. All right, verse 12, big deal right here. But he that is an hireling and not, uh, and, and not the shepherd, whose own life the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming. Here, what happens? And leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them. And scattereth the sheep. The hiring fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. Okay, all right, you ready? The contrast is this. There is a hireling. He is a paid, uh, if you would, a, a paid guy watching sheep. And then there is a real live shepherd. There are two different kinds of people. One's getting paid to do it. And one is, one is it. One's getting paid to be, it, it's kind of it's, it's like pastors in this day and age. Uh, there, 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 are, there are pastors that, that are getting paid to do it, and they're getting paid a handsome, handsome wage to do it. And, uh, and you know, when the, when the wolf comes, when the wolf comes, they leave the sheep and they flee. Do you know what happens to the real when a real when a real shepherd, a dude that that's been called to keep sheep, a dude that's been called to shepherd, he doesn't leave the sheep. Well, the dude that's leaving, he's doing it because he's getting paid. He's doing it for a paycheck. He's doing it. Uh, he, he's he don't really care for the sheep. So when the times get really hard, and you know all the counseling comes and. All the wolves come, and all the all the false doctrine comes, and all the the hard time comes, and all the craziness comes. Well, he's got his he's got his you know he's got all his um, credentials hanging on a wall, and he's looking for the next resume to put in because he would rather not feed sheep and not get this and not give his life for the sheep. Why? Well, because he's not a real shepherd. Real shepherds give their life for the sheep. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't realize what I was signing up for all them years ago. Nine years ago, I didn't realize I was signing up to give my life for people that really didn't care. I didn't understand that. And at times, I still I struggle with that. I'm not, I'm, I, I get in my flesh, and I really struggle with giving my life for people that just don't care. I struggle with giving, giving advice that I know people ain't going to take. Hey, what are you going to tell them what to do? Yeah, I'll tell you, but, you know, I'm, I'm 41 now. I've figured out I'm, I'm not as naive as I was before, and I sit in counseling sessions now, and, I, you know, I can see it. Oh, they're not going to listen. But the, the shepherd in me is like, give it a whirl, man. Just give it a whirl. Maybe they'll listen. But you know deep down in your heart, like, oh. 
But you know what my obligation is? My obligation is to lay my life down. If I was doing it for a check, I'd say, yeah, I ain't got time to do that today. No, I, ain't got, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I ain't got time to do it. I don't feel like doing it. I don't want to do it. All right, so, so, so you ready for this? The principle from John 10, the observation I showed you, the spiritual leader who does not feed, the spiritual leader who does, a spiritual leader who does not feed those they lead does not love the Lord or those they lead. Why? Well, because the good shepherd is the chief shepherd, and that's the one that we're patterning our lives at and ju- after. And just so just uh, just so happens, he gave his life for the sheep. Right? He laid his life down on the cross for the sheep. All right, so if you love the sheep, you'll care for the sheep, and that's why there's a difference between a shepherd and a hireling. That's why there's a difference between those that are shepherds and those that are hireling. I'm a shepherd at this church. Like, I probably take it to a, a level that I shouldn't at times. Uh, but but I, I know what it's like to have to work through a bunch of junk rather than be a shepherd. It's easier to be a shepherd than let a whole lot of stuff happen and then you have to work through a whole lot of stuff happening. Right? Now, I'll, I'll say this. What y'all, y'all don't know and you don't get to see. Well, some of you do. Some of you know. But I'm a whole different, she- I'm a whole different level of shepherd at my house. In my home, I'm a whole different level. Well, people think I'm, I'm some, kind of, some kind of level here. You, ju- you just ain't never seen shepherd till you come to the house. Why? Because them are my lambs. Them are my lambs. They got my last name. Like that crew, that crew that's over here in this other building, they get a whole different shepherd. They they get a shepherd that that you know what? If if it gets crazy, daddy's going to prison, right? Like that dad, dad's dad's going to prison. You know, start a jail ministry. Why? Well, because I I'm 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 the shepherd. Of those lambs. And it is my job to make sure the wolves don't get them. It's my job to w- w- make sure that, you know what, telephones are took care of, TV shows are took care of, YouTube's took care of, text messages are, are gone through. It's my job to embarrass the whole house. It's my job to make everybody really uncomfortable. It's my job to question everybody to the nth degree. And it's my job to create an environment to where, you know, there ain't, you don't give us a whole lot of privacy. My job is not to give privacy. My job is to be a shepherd. Amen? I don't know when parents gave up the right to do whatever the heck they wanted to do without anybody's permission. It's like we got to get children's permission nowadays to be parents. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, what about privacy? What about no privacy? You can't trust them anyway. You can't trust kids. I don't care what nobody says. Your, yours ain't no better than mine. I don't trust mine. I trust mine about as far as I can throw them. Well, you got really good kids because I don't trust them. I do got really good kids because I don't trust them. What does that mean? That's what shepherds do. 
Shepherds never trusted that sheep wasn't going to wander off and get devoured by, by, by a wolf. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Shepherds never let, never let sheep play close to the, to the edge of a ravine because, well, I, they're going to be fine. I know they're not going to walk. No, they're dumb. They're going to walk off of it. That's what they do. They separate themselves from the herd and they get eaten. They get eaten by wolves. So what do you, what, what's the, you know why that little hook was on the end of that shepherd's staff? To drag them jokers back where they needed to be. Kicking and screaming. Bleating. Throwing a fit. And you, you know, the, the, I've, ne- I've never preached on this before, but there, there is a, there is there is a place in the there is a place in a shepherd's life to where they actually have to cause bodily harm to the sheep, to the lamb. After it has strayed so many times, the shepherd actually had to do some damage to it. Now, what 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 you don't know as much damage as it did, it spent the next umpteen weeks the shepherd did carrying that same sheep on its back. Because of the damage that it caused to its to its legs. Well, what are you saying? I'm supposed to cause damage? Sometimes, damage must be incurred on sheep that stray. But it was never for the process of destruction. That was never to be done so it'd be destroyed. It was to be done so it'd be edified. So, so, so I want I want to say I want you to make sure you understand this. Friends, you and me, we're, we're not here to destroy. We're here to be shepherds. All of us in this room, we're old enough. We're old enough in the faith that we got people watching us. We got people following us whether we realize it or not. And, 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 and we, we got to be good shepherds. My wife's got to be a good shepherd. If she's not a good shepherd, well... She's gonna lead. She's gonna lead her kids off in the wrong way, right? Amen. Dad's got to be good shepherds. Friends in this room, me, you got friend, uh, y'all, y'all have all got friends in this room. Man, we got to be good shepherds. Um, I give you this, and and uh, yeah, we won't never get through this, but we we got plenty more to go through next week. So, um, let me give you this next one. Um. We'll talk about shepherds in terms of how, what, what, what shepherds should be in churches. Uh, what shepherds and, and leaders, leadership slash shepherds, uh, leaders slash shepherds in church, what should they be? Second uh, Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for a time will come for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap uh, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of evan- of an evangelist. Here it is, guys, you ready? Make full proof of thy ministry. Make full proof of thy ministry. Now again, I know who we're addressing. This is a pastoral epistle. This is the Apostle Paul dealing with 
with young pastors. And he is addressing young pastors, but he's addressing shepherds. And I want you to get, we must take the principles that are, addre- that are, that are left for the shepherd and realize that they're not just left for the shepherd. The shepherd is an example, an end sample to the flock. And if we are that, then man, this is what we're supposed to be doing for, for, to equip the body for the work of the ministry. And so I'm supposed to make foolproof of my ministry. Men and women alike that won't preach the word, that won't, that won't reprove, and that will not uh, that that will not rebuke and will not exhort. They're not making full proof of their ministry, and they're not setting an example as a shepherd. And so God called us to feed the sheep, feed them lambs, and they'll turn into sheeps. I like sheeps better than sheep. I like saying sheeps. I just feel like it's a better word. Anybody else feel like it's a better word? Sheeps. I see things like that. I like sheeps. I like sheeps better than sheep. So, so, for real. Think, I mean, th- seriously. We, we got to get to the place, man. Where we're so, where the humility factor, and we'll, we'll get to some more stuff about uh, this humility and leadership. But, but just for the sake of understanding, uh, God has called us to lead humbly. And how do we do that? Well, we do that. Through a process of edification, not not destruction. But we do it because we're shepherds. We're not big time. We're not. We're not the next big thing. We're not. Oh, look at me! No, we're shepherds. God's called us to be shepherds, and so that's what we got to do. We got to shepherd the flock that God has given us. If it's one person, then we shepherd that flock. We shepherd that person. Why? Well, because that is what God's called us to do. And so, uh, we'll finish. Uh, we'll finish next week. But well, let, let's pray. Um, hey, could we pray about some of this specifically? Miss Yolanda, uh, she mentioned before church. She's uh, she's getting at that stage in her life to where uh, some of her friends are. Uh, her friends are. She's outliving uh, her friends, and so she asked us to pray. Um, Maybe we and 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 I will say I, I think Miss Yolanda has a heart uh, as big as this room for shepherding. That is that that is a that is somebody that has has spent countless hours uh, shepherding people at that at the women's shelter. Um, and I, let's let's pray for her tonight. Could 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 we pray? Could we pray on? Could we just pray on our own? And ask the Lord to reveal. What if What if the Lord asked you, do you love me? And your love was contingent on, on how you fed sheep. How you feed the sheep around you. How you are, are being a disciple. How you being a disciple of Christ. And if the, if the Lord could do you on that tonight, man, how, how, would, how would that be? How, what would that look like? So I, I want us to pray. I mean, I'd love to pray up to that end tonight. Um, Sean, Sean would, you, would you pray for us uh, in, you know, in that area of, of feeding sheep and how we love the Lord and what that looks like? And, and maybe just, maybe just call it on the Lord for us tonight.
Praise the Lord. Well, um, hope you have a good night. Uh, man, please, please be praying about this weekend. Um, looking forward to having Justin here. And he and I got, I haven't, I don't know that I've actually have ever heard Justin preach in this church when I was here. He's always preached when I'm gone. So, um, so that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard him preach here while I was here, so that'd be, that'd be great. And uh, so, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Um, I hear that I'm not sure what we're eating, but I heard it was going to be good. What was it? Do, do you know? Yeah, but I heard it, I heard it was good. Italian? Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's what I thought you might have knew the name, though. You're 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 a slacker, man. No, it's fine. It's fine. Italian food's good. Yeah, you got it. Don't worry about it. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. Wow. That's gonna be great. Yeah. So we'll have a great time. Yeah. Justin, uh, Justin's eyes 